0: Lent, as a season, begins today. Even though it's a Sunday and the practice of the church is not to do a lot of fasting on Sundays because it commemorates the resurrection. But as a season, it begins today. As a practice, the practice of fasting in the Chaldean church and in in the uh, uh, other Eastern churches begins tomorrow on Monday. In the Latin church, they begin on Wednesday. The numbering kind of can be different depending on how you count it. Uh, In our church, you start counting on Monday. Just count. And if you want to get to 40, count every day of the week. You always skip Sundays because you don't fast on Sundays. So Monday to Saturday. Do that all the way to Holy Week, and you're going to stop on Wednesday. And then Holy Thursday begins the new season. So that's how we get to 40 days. Holy Thursday begins what's called the Triduum. So we get to 40 days that way. Start tomorrow, and we go from there. Why 40 days? is it an arbitrary number no it's 40 days because of the gospel that I read today in the Chaldean Church Lent is about going into the desert with Jesus and Jesus fasted for 40 days why else do we think about this this gospel at the beginning of Lent today Lent for us is about fighting it's about I'm gonna go into the desert I'm going to give up something that I that I like, you know, that maybe that I that I like a lot. I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to give alms to the poor more. I'm going to fight against my sins. Why do all these things? Because when we fight, we get stronger. It's like wrestling. When you go and you start wrestling, just that act, just practicing that act, just sparring, you become a stronger person. Your body becomes stronger. Spiritually speaking, when we fight spiritually, our spirits get stronger, our souls get stronger. And so Lent is a way not to lead ourselves into temptation, but to say, if Jesus did that, I want to do that too. And if Jesus went to the desert and he fought against these temptations, I want to fight as well. And I want to fight the way Jesus fought. What are the temptations? I'm going to go through each of the temptations. And I I always find these very, very fascinating every year that this, this reading comes up and I want to ask for each one of them. Why is it tempting? What's what is the temptation here? Why is this something that somebody would want? And second, why is it a sin? Why is it wrong? And if we understand those two things, we'll understand Jesus's response to them, and how we can respond to the temptations when they're in our heart. All of human sin. All of human temptation is encapsulated in these three temptations, all of it in various forms. The first one's the easiest to understand, I think. Jesus is fasting. He's hungry. And the devil comes to him and he says, command that these stones become loaves of bread. Why is that tempting? Very easy to understand. He's hungry. He's hungry. You're hungry. You want food? Okay, wanting food is a very easy desire to understand. Why is it wrong, though? He was hungry. What's the sin? Was it a sin to eat? No, it's not a sin to eat. Where was the sin? The sin was what the devil told him. Turn these stones into loaves of bread. Why is that a sin? What does this mean? What's the sort of meaning of this, this temptation? When does a bodily desire become a sin? When does giving into a bodily desire become a sin? Not when you're hungry and there's bread and you eat bread. When it becomes a sin is when you're taking something that God made. In this case, a rock and you're manipulating it. You're changing nature. You're damaging nature to fulfill your bodily desire. How do you do that? Well, there's other bodily desires. And there are certain things that God has established and that certain bodily desires belong to a man and his wife. And there is a temptation to look at somebody who is not your husband or your wife, and to attempt to fulfill that desire with something that's not for you. To look even with the eyes, to look even at images on the internet or something like that. And to try to satisfy a desire that's there, that's sometimes a lot stronger than hunger, with something that's not meant for you, That's not bread. That's not gonna be the thing that satisfies you. That's not gonna feed you. And maybe you're so hungry that you're gonna be really tempted to satisfy your hunger that way. No, that's not for you. That is not bread for you. But how does Jesus defeat this temptation? And this is a really, I find this a deeply insightful thing. Jesus doesn't say, no, that's wrong. I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. He's not like that, like repressive, you know, Jesus answers Look what he says. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's not just that. There's so much that God gave us. The world is so gigantic and beautiful. Every word that comes from the mouth of God, which means all of creation. How do you defeat the desires of the flesh by looking at anything else? why give up all of the beauty all these great things in the world for something that's not even meant for you so it's not about negation no 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 that's bad sometimes it's very important to do that custody of the eyes and so on that's very important that's great but the way jesus truly defeats it in the depth of the human heart is by saying don't just look at this one thing because when you're hungry all you think about is bread well how do you defeat that look at other things, open your eyes, let your mind and your heart expand. It's not about not this. Don't focus on not this. Focus on everything else. And that expansion of your mind and your heart is so healthy. It's so nourishing that you'll see that the temptation, that hunger just kind of dissipates. The second temptation. This is the hardest one. This took me years. And I'm not even sure I totally understand it, but I think I get it now. This took me years to understand. The the devil takes him to the top of the temple and he says, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, the angels will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Why is that tempting? What's the temptation there? He's on the top of the temple. Is it like skydiving? Seems fun and he wants to feel the wind. That seems weird. I don't think that's a very tempting thing. I don't think it's a sin. Unless you're putting yourself in danger. It's not that what's the temptation. I think the fact is it's the temple. You know, what the temptation is here. The temptation here is to replace intelligence with religion to think that all I have to do is just pray and everything's going to work out for me. No, it's not. You still got to go to work. You still have to make smart decisions. Prayer can be a part of that. It should be a part of that. You should pray when you're, when you have a big, important decision to make, but just because you're in the temple, just because you're on top of the temple and you want to get down to the bottom, you know how to get to the bottom of the temple? Walk. You take the stairs and you walk down just cause you're on the temple. Doesn't mean you just get to throw yourself and do whatever you want. And God's going to rescue me because I'm praying in novena. No. Prayer is prayer. Being smart and reasoning through things is a different activity. And God gave us this work to do, and we don't get to replace our job with God's angels are going to basically be my waiters and do whatever I want. Just because I pray and I'm 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 on holy ground. No. You do your job. Then when you do your job and you think it through and you weigh things and you balance and you talk to people and you ask for advice. okay, and then you make your decision and you pray that it's the right one. Religion does not replace wisdom. Those are two different things and god wants us to do both not just skip one and go right to the other jesus's answer you shall not tempt the lord your god don't give him more work to do you walk down the stairs like everybody else you're not special just because you're on top of the temple Third temptation. The devil took him to a high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms and their glory. And he said, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. What's the third temptation? Again, I think this is an easy one to understand. You know what the third temptation is? Political power. And that is a big temptation. And it's a big temptation for good reasons. We desire political power because it's useful. We could do so much good with it. And if we just win, all all we have to do is just this. And it's just a little tiny sin. It's just a little lie. It's just a little exaggeration. It's just a little propaganda. Just a little tiny bit and we could do so much good. We could make all these great laws. We could save our country. All we have to do is just this little bit of whatever. That is Satan speaking those words. You know why Satan says... All these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. All these kingdoms I'll give to you. Because he has them. They're his. Political power. You don't get political power in a sinful world by being an innocent person. I don't care who you are. So the people in charge, man, pray for them. They need it. They need it because they're in a horrible, filthy mess. And they got there by being the same way. So they really need our prayers. And we definitely need to pray for all countries and every, all the leaders of every country. And we need to do our best to, to make our communities and country as good as it possibly can be. But we don't sell even the smallest sin. It's not worth it. We've sold the true kingdom of God, which is our soul, to make a false kingdom of God, which is something in this earth. If Christ wanted an earthly kingdom, he would have had it. In a second, he would have had 12 legions of angels to conquer the entire Roman Empire. If he wanted the Roman Empire, he would have had it. Christ does not want an earthly kingdom. And we're not doing him a favor when we think we can get him one. His kingdom is in our hearts. And if we sell a single heart for a single moment to win the entire world and all of its kingdoms, Christ has lost and Satan has won. That's the third temptation. And Jesus answers it, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And yes, do good and do good for the world and do your best. Absolutely. And you pray for all of these things. But that's not where the kingdom of God is. So brothers and sisters, as we begin our journey to Easter, we go into the desert with Jesus. First of all, we understand what our temptations are. Second, we understand why they're wrong. And third, we look at Jesus as our model so that we can learn from him how to eradicate and defeat all of these temptations.